Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine a year where the grand finale of Jurassic Park is kind of disappointing. Wait, do you mean 2022? No, the first time they ended the franchise. Wait, this has happened before? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the podcast reviewing films from the year 2001, the week the film originally came out in. It is time to head to an island full of dinosaurs and run around a bunch. Jurassic Park 3. We're reviewing it. My name's Sandro. My co-host is Zach. I'm here. I'm I'm already on the island. Didn't you get the memo? We were to record on the island, right? What? We don't record in person. What are you doing on the island? (laughs) Oh, I thought we were going to the, you know, to get the real... Oh, man. I had to sacrifice a lot of mercenaries to get here. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not Davo. Was Davo one of the mercenaries? Oh, absolutely. He's dead. I'm so sorry, Davo. Oh, that means that we're probably going to need a call in reinforcements. <laughs> yeah, Oh, what yeah. a surprise. On the line right now, we've got award-winning comedian Anna Piper Scott. Hello and welcome to the show. Hello. How's it going? Good, good, good. Wow, I- what a surprise that just when we need reinforcements. Yeah, well, uh... I was hooked up uh, by my brother Davo. He's a mercenary. Uh, apparently, he knows you guys. Uh, I hope he's doing well. Oh, uh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, he's doing great. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm recording from a place uh, from an island much more dangerous for a trans woman. Uh, it's called the UK. Uh, <laughs> Turf Island. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan, so I'm excited to get into this. Uh, you know, and uh, out, of, out of all the Jurassic Park movies, it is uh, definitely the third. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deny you that. That's a fact. What is the history with this franchise for you? When did you first see them? Which one's your favourite? Which one don't you like? Uh, I uh, became a fan. Uh, I, I saw it when it came out in cinemas because that's how old I am. Um, mm-hmm. The first one, and I just uh, remember being just in, in love with it because I, I think it was the first time I'd uh, watched movies, realizing that they had been made by people. And then they just didn't just happen. Like it was at that age where you realize there was like a process behind the scenes. Um, so I had been like hyped for watching like behind-the-scenes special features on, like, the news and stuff like that because they used to do that back then. So I was, like, fully on board when the movie came out and I've just, yeah, I've been in love with them ever since. I've even mm. uh, I even watched the animated kids' show, Jurassic <laughs> Park, Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. Oh. Uh, all four yep. seasons and uh, it's not bad. It's, uh, oh. better, it's definitely it's better, it's better than the, the new movies. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oops. It is. I remember, um, I think... Oh, you posted somewhere on social media about it, and then I think I ran into you like the day afterwards, and we talked about the show. And then you convinced me to watch it, and it is pretty good. 
It's pretty good. It's the Clone Wars of Jurassic Park. Mm. Oh, all right. But Jurassic Park 3, did you see this in cinemas? Oh, I, w- I would have definitely seen this in cinemas. And what was your thoughts originally on this? Because I know like a lot of people were down on the franchise after Lost World. <laughs> I was uh, hyped for this one because the Pteranodon uh, is one of my favourite dinosaurs, mm. uh, even though it's uh, technically not a dinosaur, uh, <laughs> technically, but uh, I was so psyched because that had been like, my favourite dinosaur since I was a kid. So I'm like, finally, Pteranodon! So I didn't care what else was happening. But um, yeah, I, 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 I like Jurassic Park 3. I think it's a bit underrated, you know? I think after watching like the Jurassic World movies where it's trying to be like this big, giant, like... It, everything's changing. It's the biggest, most giantest blockbuster. <laughs> and, like, that's how all the, like, the Marvel movies and stuff like that are. And just to watch, like, the big budget movies that made in the 90s where it's just five people on an island. Yeah. Let's hope they survive. Nothing more to it. Yeah, this movie really is just a breezy hour and 20 minutes. What did you think, Zach? Uh, well, I, I went through a dinosaur phase as a child. Mm-hmm, I remember. Um, you remember? Okay, wow. Very I vaguely, that... I remember you having a, t- a dinosaur hat. And I oh, used to really? go, cool dinosaur hat. Oh, have you, have you been friends for that long? Yeah, we met when we were three, I think. <laughs> uh, friends is a strong wow. term. We've known each other for a long time, that's for sure. Friends, uh, like associates. Yeah, your business partners. Is someone making you record this podcast, Zach? <laughs> is this like... yeah. Like a friendship thing, and it's starting to sound like court mandated mediation <laughs> or something like that. Eh, potato, potato, yeah. same thing, really. We signed a contract with your 200 episodes, and we can't get out. <laughs> yeah. of it. No. No, but I, what I was getting to is what I really need to know is your favourite dinosaur. Because you just said that's one of your favourites. Is that your favourite uh, dinosaur slash non-dinosaur? Perhaps prehistoric animal would be a better descriptor. Oh, oh yeah, Pteranodon was always my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was like an MCU movie for you where you they had like a reference to to an obscure character it's like oh that's my favorite you know yeah it's the same way i felt when ant-man came out where i'm the only person in the movie who actually had read an ant-man comic and was (laughs) cared at all yeah it was like oh i guess he's small i'm like oh oh they've got both the ant-man this is sick (laughs) yeah i feel like i'm derailing this podcast very quickly That's kind of how this podcast rolls. There's no real rails to begin with. It doesn't They're roll. very shaky. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite is Pachycephalosaurus. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite one. I think that's your favorite just because you know how to say the name. Uh, no, I had to look it up because I keep forgetting its name because it's named Pachycephalosaurus. I just want to point out before we started recording, I've asked Zach his pronouns. He's like, he, him? And then he's gone, <laughs> Pachycephalosaurus, with absolute confidence. <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure I know what my favorite dinosaur is. I, honestly, this, this, this is going to sound like a joke, but I feel like that's one of the things I really liked about uh, the first Jurassic Park was just the fact that they could change sex. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true, because of the frogs. Yeah, they got the frog DNA. And I think a, a, a little part of my brain was like, oh, I should get some frog DNA. That would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, come on, people. Get on it. The frog DNA. They brought that back in, was it Fallen Kingdom, but they used it as clone stuff instead? Yeah, well, they had, um, they had like, the super T-Rex, right? Yeah, so... Uh, Zach... What else came out this week, though, in 2001 that I could have chosen before we get into some fun facts? Your other movies were America's Sweethearts. It's a a rom-com about a love triangle. And as everyone knows, love is a lie. So that movie is a lie. Wow. Uh, Ghost World. (laughs) 
Wow. Is a Scarlett Johansson and a friend going on a date with Steve Buscemi. But as I stated previously, love is a lie. Therefore, this movie is also a lie because they're dating. Steve Buscemi, though, not a lie. Uh, We have Hedwig, the angry inch. And uh, this movie does not feature Hedwig from the Harry Potter series. Wow. Therefore, this movie is invalid. Wow. Um, and high heels and low lives. Two friends try and blackmail some uh, bank robbers. You took some creative liberty. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hedwig, out of all those, it's got like 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think. It looks pretty good. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is fantastic. It is? Excellent. Yeah, it's like a glam rock musical um, about uh, someone who tries to escape from uh, Berlin uh, when they have the wall up and everything like that um, and transitions so that uh, he can marry a US serviceman. Um, But they botch the operation Mm -hmm. and instead of having a vagina, uh, has an angry inch. Of scar tissue. Oh. And it's like a drag queen, genderqueer rock musical. It's fucking iconic. Oh, that's awesome. Does it feature Hedwig from Harry Potter? No, no, this is uh, the other end of the scale. Uh, Hedwig hates trans people. This one kind of likes them. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Has Hedwig, has Hedwig been cancelled? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just uh, all the cast came out uh, against J.K. Rowling, except for Hedwig. Except for Hedwig. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hedwig, no. Yeah, just uh, Hedwig. A lot of hot takes about trans women in sport. It was real. It was, it was aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Jurassic Park 3, let's get into it. This was released July 18th. It is directed by Joe Johnston, who is a director of many great movies, stuff that I grew up watching as well, like Jumanji, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm. uh, The Rocketeer, which I wonder if that holds up, and of course, the first Captain America movie as well. I uh, directed that. Oh, really? He had originally wanted to direct The Lost World, but Spielberg was like, nah, I'm going to do it. And then when he did it and he didn't enjoy making it, he was like, actually, you can do the third one, Johnston. <laughs> Ooh, I made a mistake. Here you go. Have the shell of the series back. And I think having him in really helps with the action. Because this is an action movie. Unlike the other Jurassic Park movies, this one is about the action. And he does a pretty good job at directing the action, I think. Yeah, the the visual sequences are great. Whenever the Spinosaurus is in, it's, it's a fun action time. It's good stuff. But the writing of this film is perhaps the biggest journey that it went on. The... First draft was written by an Australian writer uh, called Craig Rosenberg, who is currently working on The Boys, uh, doing a pretty good job over there. His original script was about teenagers getting stuck on Isla Sauna. Now, if that sounds familiar, that's because that idea was scrapped and later turned into the TV show. (laughs) Ah. Yeah. Johnston came in as director and was like, no, we're not doing that. Instead, I want to do something else. So we hired uh, Peter Buckman, the screenwriter of the Aragon movie, to write another script. He came up with the whole missing tourists thing and bringing back Sam Neill's character, but he also had a subplot about dinosaurs killing people on the mainland. Yeah, that's it's just something they've been like teasing the entire time. Because mm. mm. at the end of the second one, they go to the mainland with a T-Rex. And then in this one, it, it, you know, spoiler alert, ends with, like, some pteranodons flying away. And they're like, oh, what's going to happen with the pteranodons? Uh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, this came, like, the entire time, like, what if they end up on the mainland? Yeah. And then they made that movie, and it was about locusts. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> it's like, what? 
Wait, wait, is this the latest one? Yeah. The latest one is the one where they're finally like, and now we get to see this world where dinosaurs are finally on the mainland. But let's not pay too much attention to that, because what's really interesting is the genetically engineered locusts. Oh, fantastic. Because to my, to my chagrin, I have not seen the latest movie. Ah. Um, because everyone boo-booed it, and I was like, I can't be bothered. The series has just <laughs> it's hurt me. So I haven't seen it, but that sounds great. I'm going to see it for the genetic locust. Hell yeah. One of the fatal flaws of the Jurassic World movies, and there's a few, yeah. uh, Chris Pratt being one of them, just uh, has none of the charisma he has in uh, the Guardians movies. Um, but um, one of the fatal flaws of the Jurassic World movies is that they think they're movies about genetic engineering and not movies about dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even like satire either i guess the first one kind of is which is why jurassic world's okay i guess the first one's fine but then like they stop becoming satire and start thinking that they're like smart <laughs> like smart actual dramas not making fun of other dramas and it just kind of falls apart yeah they're like the sci-fi dna movies and like oh we cloned a person and like oh you know genetically engineered this and we've created a new dinosaur I'm like that's not, that's not what people want no although i did like that part where the raptor turns into a xenomorph in some guy's house for half an hour yeah oh right yeah there was the super raptor i forgot they made one. Oh god it's all coming back oh god Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the the genetically engineered dinosaur in Jurassic World is, like, half T-Rex, half raptor, with, like, some, like, uh, you know, octopus and other animals thrown in there. In the second Jurassic World movie, they're like, we got that dinosaur and combined it with a raptor. But I'm like, it was already half raptor. It was already half raptor, yeah. <laughs> now it's full raptor. It's nothing else. Yeah. It's just a regular raptor. Picture a dinosaur that's half raptor, half raptor. Like, half raptor. <laughs> I don't think you watched the movie that you wrote a sequel to. It's true. It's like, we don't really care about genetic thing. The whole thing was like, nature finds a way, right? Yeah. It, it circumvents their bullshit to just be nature. And spread dinosaurs everywhere, because you brought them back, idiots. But no, instead we got to still continuously play God, because apparently that's the theme. That's that's what the franchise is all about. But anyway, Johnson read that script about <laughs> dinosaurs killing people on the mainland and was like, this is too complicated. People just want to see a dinosaur island. So Johnson kind of understood uh, what... <laughs> what to do. It is kind of true. Yeah. So then he brought in uh, the Oscar award-winning duo Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor, who are also problematic, but we won't talk about it. They're best, they're best, they're best known what? for satirical comedy. Uh, and they're also the reason that Laura Dern's in this movie, because they worked with her previously and was like, she should get more work. So they wrote in a small part for her, which is nice. So they wrote a script that was all action and comedy. But then... <laughs> but then... There's so many but thens in... <laughs> how this movie was written. But then Peter Buckman came back to rewrite their rewrite and he took out all the comedy. What? So it was just the action. Ah, boo. I would have liked some comedy. And that's the film we got. So that's why it has a weird sort of tone. Yeah. Where it's kind of light sometimes. Yeah, it almost feels like a comedy movie, but it never really commits enough. Yeah. God, weird, weird group of people to hire to write. Yeah, he he did he did like sideways exactly. I don't how, and and an election the the Reese Witherspoon one. I don't know how you see either of those and be like, yeah, we get we get this guy to do the dinosaur. Maybe they were just in the room. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you, you have it. This project's cursed. 
you just you just get like good comedy action and then take away all the things that you don't want and leave it as a shell of a movie. I don't see the problem. Yeah, that's what Sony does with all their films. Oh, no. Why can't Jurassic Park do it as well? Wow. As mentioned, we got Sam Neill in this film as Dr. Alan Grant. We saw him earlier in the year in The Dish. Laura Dern is back for a bit as Ellie. And then the rest of the cast is mostly people known for doing smaller roles. Um, William H. Macy... This is one of the first larger roles he had in a movie. It's really cool to see him in more of a main role. He's from Fargo and Shameless most recently. He plays Paul Kirby. Uh, There's also Tia Leone, who is Amanda Kirby, uh, best known for the sci-fi disaster movie Deep Impact. (laughs) Of course, Alessandra Nivola plays Billy, who is in Sony's Craven the Hunter movie. Great. Yep. Psyched for that one. Yeah, wow. Don't, don't send me down that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. We'll just move on from whatever Sony's doing. Uh, this film's got 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Surprisingly, audience score is lower, sitting at 36. It's got a B- minus on cinema score as well. A lot of reviews at the time were like, it's kind of just a thrill ride film for families, and it's not bad, actually. Mm. The visuals were praised, the tension was praised, the story was where this fell apart for a lot of critics, which I think, you know, yeah, it's just a theme park ride movie, basically, so fair enough. Um, But that got me interested in seeing how this film compares to other movies in the franchise. Surprisingly enough, originally people preferred The Lost World over this, but that's kind of shifted recently the lost world has a higher score across the board but a lot of people actually put the lost world below this in terms of like ranking the whole franchise which is interesting um but yeah jurassic park 3 was the lowest rated film in the entire franchise for a very long time until this year when jurassic world dominion came out yeah we did it we did it we made a worse movie they said it couldn't be done ah what an achievement And in terms of how this performed in the box office, pretty interestingly, uh, this movie cost $93 million. That's $30 million more than the first film. They slowly got bigger budgets the more they went on to, yeah, the point where this one has $93 million, which is not the highest budget film we've done this year, but it's pretty high. It's on par with, like, Lara Croft Tomb Raider and Cats and Dogs. Oh, no. Mm. Anna, what do you think this made worldwide in the box office? Uh, oh, so this is, like, 2001 money, so... Ninety million. Ninety million. All right. I just, I just like to point out that that extra thirty million went to all the uh, like NDAs they had to buy people out of all the casts that died on the island. Oh, right. Of course, because it was all real dinosaurs. Yeah, and five million dollars to license the cell phone sample. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, to that big Nokia company. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking. This is Jurassic Park. Everyone loves a bit of Jurassic Park. It's pretty popular. Ah, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it like 200 mil. 200 mil. Well, you're both on the right track in that this didn't make as much money as the rest of the franchise. (laughs) But uh, surprisingly enough, this actually made $368 million worldwide, which is not bad, but it's the worst performing Jurassic Park movie. That's that's them Pteranodon dollars, baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And of course, to help it cross that line, there were taglines... Here's a couple taglines for you. Gotta rate them a thumb up or a thumb down. The first tagline is Disaster is an instinct. Oh, thumbs down. 
What? <laughs> Disasters? And, and is that for the movie studio? Is that their instinct? Also, whose know. instinct? Yeah, it's either like the humans or Universal. Oh, right. I think it's both. The humans in Universal. In the in Universal picture. Thumbs down. That's stupid. It's not a disaster movie. It's such a weird... It's like, is that the Spinosaur's instinct? Not to, like, hunt or eat or anything like that, but just to cause chaos, just to have a bit of disaster. Mm. Yeah. Well, haven't you seen Dominion and Lost World? That's that's its whole thing. Spinosaurus checking its nails. Just be like, I'm in my villain phase. I'm going gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> Only the strongest survive. Okay, I'm a little bit more on board with this one. Already a shaky thumb. I'm still, I'm still going. I'm still going thumbs down. Uh, yeah, I, I you know, honestly, I, I think the tagline should have been this time. Some of them fly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would have been a good one. I'm gonna give that that one a thumbs up. Hell yeah, that is a pretty good one. Uh, the final tagline though might actually get a thumb up from you it's uh this time it's not just a walk in the park (laughs) (laughs) none of it was a walk in the well actually they were walking but they were more running in the park really they didn't really walk in the park in the second one though yeah they walked in the research facility (laughs) yeah yeah i guess that's not really the park yeah that's fair yeah there's there's no park in 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 either of these movies (laughs) yeah Oh, there's a lot of grasslands, there's a lot of trees. It's actually a nature reserve, the whole thing, so, you nature know. Reserve. I mean, anything's a park if you want it to be, I guess. If if there's a car there, it's a park, right? So... I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> there's vehicles, it's the whole thing. They have jeeps, and they have to park somewhere, and if they're parked, it's a park, right? Look, I, I don't I don't know where, where you grew up, uh, <laughs> but the parks I, I had in my childhood had rusty roundabouts and broken mm. monkey bars, and I did not see either of them. Slides that give you lots of static electricity, yeah. Yeah, slides more dangerous than any, any Spinosaurus could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's why they didn't have the playgrounds there, otherwise it would have wiped out the dinosaurs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to be very careful about these sort of things. The first dinosaur extinction was caused by a meteorite. <laughs> the second one was a rusty slide. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Look, it's uh, the best that the local councils in Perth could afford at the time, okay? <laughs> there are known knowns known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The Ancient and Esoteric Order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off-limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Let's jump into the synopsis for Jurassic Park 3. Again, very light on plot, um, but it does open with an amazing uh, 3D effect. You've got the Jurassic Park logo, and then some claws go through it. Three claws to make a three, because it's it's the third one. I'm eight, and I think this is really cool. Uh, A a trick that was then stolen by the third X-Men movie. (laughs) Yes. We see uh, this man and a young boy, uh, they're out, they're doing tourist stuff, 
Uh, we think that they're dad and son, but it's stepdad and son technically at this point. They're on the, the dinosaur. It's a, it's a pun thing. Ha, they're up in the sky. Yes. They're soaring. But, 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 oh no, the boat that's holding them to the ground or whatever, it crashes. Oh no, they're stranded on the island. Gets eaten by fog. Yeah, they, they never tell you how those uh, operators on the boat die. They pass over a cloud and then suddenly there's no one in the boat anymore. And they're like, oh, cool. This was all an elaborate prank. They they all jumped off the boat at the same time and go, ha those tourists, they'll freak out and then we can remote pilot the boat and then the boat crashes and they go, oh shit, Uh-oh. we fucked this up. We gotta go. Oh no. Yeah, I guess it's probably, I don't know what attacked them. There's no sea dinosaurs in this movie yeah there's not many ocean dinosaurs on the loose or anything like that no. you know unless- well we see fog later in the movie yeah and do you know what appears out of that frog oh yeah another pteranodon yeah yeah, yeah yeah in the avery anyway sam neil goes to visit laura dern at first you think oh my that's their kid but then it turns out that no they weren't together actually alan tries to get a parrot to say his name which is funny because later on another animal will say his name Alan! 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 Um, he's also got an assistant whose name is Billy. Billy's kind of sus. <laughs> Let's just say Billy's <laughs> sus. I hate Billy. What, what's sus about him? I don't know. He just seems like the sort of guy who's going to make a mistake and then sacrifice himself later on. Ah, uh, no, no, no. He's too handsome to actually die, though. So we'll have to have him come back. <laughs> he's too good looking. Is he, though? Oh, and he 3D prints, like, a raptor's voice box. We get Chekhov's raptor's resonating chamber in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I have, like, a 3D printer as well, and I'm like, oh my god, I should 3D print a raptor's voice chamber. I can do that now. I I was surprised. I didn't think they would have, like, 3D printing back in 2001. Actually, good point. Maybe slightly ahead of the times. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahead of the time, you know? I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Definitely cutting edge technology. Mm-mm. But Anna, Mr. Kirby shows up uh, and he's got something to say to, to Alan. What, what What does he say? Oh, he says, mm. you got to come to the island. Oh, <laughs> oh you mate. <laughs> You, you made it sound like you were setting me up for like, and then he says his iconic line. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember <laughs> even being. <laughs> it's a me, a Kirby. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just, it's just William H Macy just doing it, doing his thing, uh, just inviting him on to. It's a whole con job. Mm. It's like, oh, we're we're so wealthy. We've got so much money. If you you'll do this tour for us, yeah, I feel like. The end of this movie is, like, they save the kid and everything's fine. But I feel like these, like, especially Mr. Kirby and probably Amanda as well, they're probably going to jail for kidnapping this person. Oh, yeah, for sure. They kidnapped a person. They got, through negligence, they got uh, all these random mercenaries killed. It's weird because at least the other Jurassic Park movies are self-aware enough to have some of the humans be the bad guys, right? Mm. It's always like it's their fault. The dinosaurs are just kind of doing their own thing. But the humans, they're the ones kind of messing it up. In this film, these humans that mess everything up, they don't, like, they don't get any repercussions for what they do. Oh, they barely get called out. The, vi- the vibe isn't like, how dare you risk my life? I could die. It's, oh, you, oh, you should have told me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you, you cheeky bugger. Oh, you done bamboozled me. Ah. Like, like they've taken the last chip 
without asking or something like that. Like, yeah. you should have asked. But we're here now, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah might, as, might as well go on with it. Might as well continue the movie. Yeah, because they take him to the island saying that he's going to be a tour guide. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a funny moment where... Uh, Sam Neill's like, oh, well, you're not going to see any dinosaurs from up there unless you fly a bit lower. And William H. Macy's like, oh, 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 yes, we have permission to fly low from the government. (laughs) Uh, That is how rich we are. It's really, it's the toughest part of the movie for for writing. You can feel it. Yeah. Of just like, how do we get him to go back to this island? There's no good reason to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No force on heaven or earth could get me on that island, quote, end quote. Unless it's a giant pile of cash, which is neither on heaven or earth, apparently, because that gets him back on the island. Because that, that's the hardest part of the last movie, the second one, the hardest part of this one as well, which is kind of like, why would you ever go back? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they should have just made a movie about teenagers being like, it'd be cool if we went to the island and then they got stuck there. Um, the dinosaurs in this movie, though, because we land on the island, we see the, the dinosaurs. Anna, do you think they look worse than one and two in this? I'm trying to figure out because I think they're all CG. I'm pretty sure they're all CG aside from a couple puppet shots. There's definitely some uh, animatronics. There's animatronics during the Spinosaurus attack on the plane. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like they maybe leaned a little too much on their VFX mm. than they should have and could have done more practically. I don't think CGI was quite as ready as they wanted it to be. Yeah, not quite. Although I think they also filmed this with different cameras to what Spielberg was using for the first two as well, which maybe makes the the VFX a lot more obvious. I think this might, might have been shot on digital. It feels that way. I think the the effects outside the action scenes were definitely more CGI. Yeah. But the actual action scenes were really good looking, I thought. Especially the upcoming uh, Spinosaurus attack. But just just before that, I just wanna just wanna ask a little question. Just a little thing. Um, what was their plan exactly? Does anybody know? I have no idea. Cause they, they land the plane. Alan's like Alan's has a has a little dream. Um, he sees a raptor. <laughs> And the raptor goes, Alan! 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 Oh, get, gets memed to death, that little moment. Because the movie's kind of uh, a little obsessed over raptors and how intelligent they are. Oh, thankfully, they stop that with all future sequels. None of the other ones care about raptors. Yes, they're, they're really <laughs> obsessed with that, um, and they go on about it a lot. And I'm like, thank goodness this movie's over and we get some new ones that aren't. <laughs> the point is, they, they fly onto the island, right? And then they just scream around, make some noise, so that the dinosaurs can come and eat them. I don't know. What was their plan exactly? Could someone explain it to me? Because I was like, what What are they doing? Mrs. Kirby has a megaphone mm. and she wants to use it. Yeah. Because they paid money for the prop. <laughs> oh, and this was a funny comedy bit. That's right. That they forgot to write out. It genuinely feels like she's trying to talk to the dinosaur's manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she has some complaints about the service. <laughs> I have some complaints. I've lost my son in here. Could, so- could someone come please help? I shouldn't have to put up with this. My son has been missing for weeks and just <laughs> one of you here is responsible. Yeah, and yeah. I am not leaving until I get my son back. And if you don't bring me my son back, I am not spending any more money at Jurassic Park ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am rating this very low on Google reviews. Very low. Amanda, we're already shut. What are you <laughs> yeah. doing? We're already closed. Yeah. 
I don't even. I don't think even the mercenaries had a plan. It was. It was just. Yeah. Well, apparently the mercenaries aren't even mercenaries. Like one of them is the booking agent for the mercenaries because yeah. one of the mercenaries couldn't come. They they met at uh, one of them. They met at a church. He gets killed pretty early on. Actually, I think it's right now, right? Yeah, he gets killed right now. Yeah, because um, she's talking into the megaphone and it's like, I'm not going to call any dinosaurs. What are you talking about? And then a T-Rex's head pops up. Excuse me, Spinosaurus? Spinosaurus? Well, it, it, it's a T-Rex versus a Spinosaurus for this action sequence. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a, it's a T-Rex gag. I like how in every Jurassic Park movie, they're like, okay, we have a big new epic dinosaur. How are we going to show that they are really big and epic. Oh, we'll have them kill a T-Rex. Yeah. Mmm, yeah. I mean, this is also the weird thing about, about all the movies after the first one, is that they treat the T-Rex like a character that you're meant to care about. Yeah. Mmm, oh yeah, that's what I was about to say. I love the, the one T-Rex, which is like the one from the first one or whatever, that's going around. It has like the scar or whatever, so you can identify it. And it's just the T-Rex. <laughs> but just, uh, especially by like the later movies, you're like, how old is this fucking T-Rex? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like a dinosaur use is going to be fucking ancient. It's just like, it's running after you, mm. just kind of like running out of breath halfway through. <laughs> <sighs> Give me one sec. <sighs> Uh, where are we up to? Oh, yeah, the T-Rex and the Spinosaurus are fighting around the humans, and they're all like, we've got to run away. Smart choice. They immediately like, oh, crap, we may have screwed up by landing and then screaming loudly for, like, 12 minutes. You know, let's all get back on the plane and, oh, no, we crashed the plane. Okay, now we really fucked up. Yeah, now they, yeah. So they run off uh, while the Spinosaurus kills the T-Rex with the big old snap it's a yeah it's a pretty good fight it's a pretty good fight so then the parents tell alan what's going on and he's like oh i'm so disappointed in everyone but i guess we've got to go save the kid yeah also they got him specifically because they they knew he had been on this island right yeah but he hasn't been on this island oh that was funny yeah because they think it's the island from the first film but it's not it's the second island yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like there's two islands Oh, they, they find the videotape that the son was filming, which is just perfectly edited to let us know exactly what, what happened. It's so, it's so nice of them, actually, to, um, to have pre-edited that tape. Uh, the, the battery life on that camcorder as well. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> this is 2001 and it lasts for like two months. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh, Sandra, I got to point this out to you, right? Oh, yeah. The, the filmmakers put a thing in to explain that. You see, the kid is very smart. <laughs> He's very intelligent. He he read Alan's books and he thought uh, that Goldblum's books were kind of crazy. Yeah, preachy. Uh, so, you know, he's very smart. So what what he did while he had, you know, eight weeks or months or whatever it is to spare, he uh, he edited the, the footage. Wow. So nice of him. And re- replaced the batteries and then left it by the paraglider near his dead... Uh, <laughs> near his dead stepdad. Yeah. Look, I, we all learn from lockdown that it's important to have hobbies when you're on your own for that long. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It's just, just part of his self-care routine. They come across a bunch of raptor eggs and I like how they try and hide the fact that the assistant Billy takes some, even though it's pretty obvious from the get-go what he's done. 
it also could just be because uh, you know this is a rewatch, but you know, um, no, it's 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 it's, it's very obvious. Yeah, it's very obvious because you have one shot where he's being suspicious with his bag, and then a second scene later where it's like, "What were you doing back there?" And he's like, "Oh, I was taking photos." I'm not suspicious, <laughs> yeah. don't mind me. But also, I have some questions. One, the raptors are super intelligent, right? They go on and on about it through the movie. Why don't they have, like, a single sentry near their eggs, right? Two, they notice that two of the eggs have gone missing. Yeah. Just two of them. Because they didn't leave a sentry for some reason, because they're intelligent. And they instantly know, one, that the eggs haven't been immediately eaten by a predator for some reason... They, they go, oh, no, the humans took it, and the humans wouldn't have eaten it. They want it for monetary profit. They can probably smell it, right? They can probably smell the egg. Yeah, but if I was a super intelligent raptor, I'd be like, okay, they took the eggs. We can still smell it. They probably cracked those eggs open and ate it. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, I, I would I would think maybe the eggs smell different when they're cracked open. Yeah, true. Yeah, I would think it wouldn't be worth it to chase them over the entire island to get two eggs back while... What in the meantime, you leave your entire nest of eggs oh, yeah, defenseless because you don't you don't set sentries. The raptors are gonna come back and all their eggs are gonna be gone. <laughs> but they're gonna have these two bloody eggs that they chased for half a movie for. You never know. Maybe one of those eggs is blue. Oh yeah, he's the the important one. That's right. He needs to be there for um, Mario to, to train. <laughs> the raptors, they chase yeah all the humans into the InGen facility where we see uh, this raptor behind glass, except it isn't actually behind glass. It's just staring at the person. That's a pretty cool moment. Yeah, you think you think it's a specimen, and then it's a real one. Yeah, I love the raptors are so intelligent. They pretend to be specimens for a jump scare <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, no, they're, they're very theatrical. They're doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate you, raptor, doing the bit. It was a good bit. Do we do we know the raptors are trying to get the eggs back, or is this like revenge? Are they doing like a raptor John Wick? <laughs> raptor yeah, John Wick. we know it's they're trying to get the eggs back because repeatedly they don't kill the humans instantly. Oh and yeah. And even then, what? And why don't they just kill the humans instantly and then grab the eggs back? Because th- this is how smart they are. They've read the script. Oh, the raptors read the script, right? They're so intelligent, they've learned basic reading and done the script. Oh, that makes sense, because he did do that that jump scare bit. Yeah. And the raptors are actually a bigger fan of the satirical script as well, which is why they keep making jokes, but you can't understand them because they're raptors. Yeah, when you translate all those resonating chamber noises, it all the ooh, 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 mm. it just it comes out as, what's the deal? <laughs> what's the deal? With stolen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> With stolen eggs. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, some of those jokes are a bit dated now. They're a bit, um, you know, stereotypical. Yeah, they play into a lot of uh, offensive raptor stereotypes, but you <laughs> yeah, know, it, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. they did what they could to get work at the time. You can't blame them. Uh, not a lot of raptor roles about. So <laughs> now, nowadays, it, uh, you know, raptors get better roles as more heroes in the movies, which is nice. It's good. Yeah. Like Although it. that movie raptor book felt like it was telling the wrong story. I don't know why it won <laughs> best picture. Yeah, I just, I it just would be nice to see uh, more raptors played by raptors. Uh, I think that kind of representation is really important. <laughs> yes. And 
not Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's out here like, I can play a raptor. No, you can't, Scarlett oh, Johansson. Oh, no, Scarlett. No. <laughs> anyway, Alan uh, is, is, is trapped by a whole bunch of raptors and he does the Chris Pratt hand thing, which was pretty funny. Uh, but then, oh no, it's tear gas. The kid throws tear gas at the raptors and they get affected by tear gas. Does that work? I don't know if that works. Yeah, because they're so they're so intelligent, they get emotional. And they're after the eggs, so tear gas would make them weep terribly because they're after their babies. Oh, that makes sense. I, I mean, could they not just be weeping from this kid that smells like T-Rex urine? Oh, yeah, that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kid just fucking stinks and they're like, oh, hell no. This fucking kid reeks of fucking T-Rex piss. Because we glossed over that. <laughs> Apparently how he's been, like, surviving for so long is, like, warding predators away from him by smelling, like, T-Rex piss that he's collected. Yeah, but, but how is he getting it? Why, well, you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he's, he waits till, like, 3am in the morning where the T-Rex wakes up in the middle of the night needing <laughs> to go to bed. <laughs> and and um, oh yeah, because the T Rex is really old because it's the same one from the first movie. So the T Rex is always getting up to go to the toilet. Oh, honestly, the best best get a out of jail free card as a as a writer to just be like, you don't want to know the answer. You're like, I do. You're like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. No, you don't. It's disgusting. No, I still want to know. Imagine an episode of Star Trek because like <laughs> so Star Trek is very well known for always explaining everything that happens with like nonsense science words. An episode where characters like want to know what like how is this maneuver working? You don't want to know who are all right, yeah. <laughs> but wait, Scotty. How, how have we ended up in this parallel universe? Oh, you don't want to know, because uh, it does involve piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. We've ended up in the parallel universe through piss. <laughs> you don't want any more details, trust me. Strange things happen at 3am, that's all I can say. <laughs> so, Eric, uh, who is the kid, and Sam Neill are bonding, and then they hear the dad's ringtone, because the dad has a satellite phone, um, <laughs> and they're like, oh my, that must be the dad. This is actually surprisingly an okay use of modern technology in 2001 Mm. they kind of know how to write phones Mm. yeah because it makes a ringtone yeah because they saw it in peter pan and we're like oh that's a good idea it's just the ticking (laughs) clock from the alligator yeah yeah yeah. it it really is it's 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 just an update on the clock yeah because it's inside of the spinosaurus also pretty big coincidence that alan and the kid uh chase this this cell phone noise through through the island, mm. come across the rest of the characters of the movie, and then realize that they don't have the phones. <laughs> what? Yeah, what a fucking coincidence! All right, they they find the paratroop paraglider, whatever. Find this uh, camera. Find the kid. Well, Alan just finds the kid. Yeah, and then somehow they manage to meet up just randomly. And then, of course, the Spinosaurus shows up the same one because it ate their phone and that's the... Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking coincidences and it doesn't fucking stop. It's all contrived just for the gags. Then we get um, a really cool moment. I like. It's my favourite moment in the whole movie. They head to 
the car, the 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 place with the birds. It's the bird place. The Avery. The Avery. The birds. I wrote down the wrong word in my notes. I wrote down. Right to the right aquarium. Yeah, yeah. I wrote they go into the aquarium. <laughs> yeah, they head to the aquarium. And it's like this film kind of goes along in a breakneck pace. You know, it's really fast paced. But I really appreciate how they enter the aviary and it's really foggy, and they take time to set up that atmosphere. It's like at least three minutes where. It's just quiet, and they're slowly walking through. That was actually pretty good. That was pretty good. I'm just having a moment of like, hang on, they wouldn't have birds in here. What is in here? Maybe they, maybe they had ostriches in here. That was the the most terrifying creature of all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like very silent. Yeah, guys, I'm just, it's just ostriches. Can you imagine that? Just like a pteranodon comes out, and they're like, oh, oh, thank God, I thought it was an emu. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking Christ. Oh, you scared me. Uh, yeah, well, Sam Neill is, of course, Australian, so he would have good... Um... Yeah, yeah, he would have been terrified of an emu, but uh, this thing? Nah, got nothing on an emu, mate. Yeah, he really just straight up kicks that pteranodon as well. It's great. Yeah. Wow. From uh, Australia's most eastern state, New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone's favourite. All our most talented people come from our state, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's true. What do you think of this action sequence, Anna? I, I really like it, you know. Um, I think it's a, a good way of, like, having the flying dinosaurs without it just being completely up in the air mm. and just, like, completely unmoored from anything, you know, tangible. Yeah. Because that's usually the problem when you have, like, flying attacks, flying battles and stuff like that. It's just, like, it's all sky. There's nothing to reference. There's nothing to ground yourself in. But putting them in, like, this cage where they've got, like, enough room to fly around and attack and stuff like that, but also they're constrained. Exactly, yeah. And it feels like uh, something that's very rare in these movies as they go on, in that it feels like animals acting like animals. Like, the Spinosaurus has a grudge. <laughs> yeah. The Raptors have, like, a whole mission. Yeah. Whereas the, the Pteranodons are like, just get the fuck out of our nest. I did hear that um, that Tom Cruise is making a pretty cool movie about the Pteranodons and that and then he's actually going to fly all of them as well. Um, mm. So I'm going to be shot. And that, that was a... Te- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, it was a funny idea in my head. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, go on, Sandra, go on. Yeah, we weren't fighting you on it. We wanted to hear you play this out. Yeah, it's called Pteranogun Maverick. I don't know. <laughs> Pteranogun <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad we made you commit to that. (laughs) Wow, that name sounds great. I'm fully invested in this movie already. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Miles Teller is in it, and he's the kid of... (laughs) Pteranodon? The booking agent. (laughs) Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, the booking agent. You could have uh, the babysitter from that first new movie. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah! Yeah, she's from Merlin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have her, because she gets, like, et horribly, and it's great. It's insane. They just, like, punish her in Jurassic World. They do. She's just there looking after the kids and then just, like, gets, like, thrown between two flying dinosaurs and then dropped and picked up again and then, like, thrown into, like, the Mosasaurus's mouth. It's just like, what did she do? I forgot about that. I guess they just watched Merlin and they knew that she was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're like, what is this fucking garbage? <laughs> All right, Dono bros, let's get her. Fuck her. Fuck everything she did to me. So they get out of there. Uh, we think that Billy goes to sacrifice himself in this moment, right? Yeah, Billy Billy uses a paraglider to save um, the kid from being eaten by baby 
pterodactyls. And then he falls into the water and everything, and they're all like, oh no, he sacrificed himself, but he shows up again later, because of course he does, he was saved off screen. Yeah, yeah, no, he's too handsome. And he has Alan's hat, which is the most important character. And the actor has the same name as me, so, you know, instantly I was like, well, this guy can't die, so. Billy? Yes, my name is Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, no, no. Anyway... (laughs) They find a boat, they get on the boat, and they go and leave, and they see all the beautiful dinosaurs and the the Jurassic Park theme plays. Really hope a Spinosaurus doesn't show up. (laughs) I still get goosebumps in that moment. It's such a good, you know. It's a nice little moment. It's a good song. It's uh, the the best rendition of the theme song I've heard. Ah, thank you. To move me to tears. <laughs> yeah, all right. Ah, but then the Spinosaurus comes up and it's like, I'm going to attack you. Oh, shit. You know, it's fascinating because the Spinosaurus actually swims through the river. And most scientists agree nowadays that Spinosaurus was probably more of an aquatic uh, animal. Ah. So it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny that they use it in uh, 2001 and uh, no one cares. This movie is really ahead of its time. But did you know the dinosaurs actually had feathers? Uh, yeah, but not this one. This one, this one opted out. It was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to have web feet um, and also eat fish and apparently T-Rexes. This, yeah, true. This action sequence is fascinating because we cut between uh, the Spinosaurus attacking and also Alan's on the phone because they get the phone. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's a whole thing. They have to dig for a big pile of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, 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 another of everyone's favorite characters from the first movie coming back. Uh, yeah. The big pile of shit. Yeah. Mm, that's one big pile of shit. Actually, it was several big piles of shit. It was three. Three! Jurassic Park 3. The <laughs> 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 shit for every movie. Fantastic. That that should have been the tagline. This time, it's three piles of shit. I wrote down a note in this action sequence. I don't know what I was thinking. I wrote down that William H. Macy looks like a skinny Mr. Potato Head. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see that. He's got the stash. He's yeah. got the Mr. Potato Head stash. I see that. I see, see him more as a, a live action Ned Flanders. <laughs> yes, yeah. Actually. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Oh, he'd play a great. You just put some glasses on him and he's Ned Flanders. Yeah. Hidely doodly, Spinosaurus. That would have instantly made this movie better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we cut between the action sequence and also uh, the phone call with Laura Dern. Oh, her son picked up the phone because they're trying to contact her to get like an airlift out. And we get really great, again, visual movie poetry. George Lucas talked about it, you know, the reason why the prequels and the original trilogy have the same structure, you know, it's poetry. And this movie has poetry in this sequence as well because we've got... Alan Grant, he's on the phone to the kid, but then he gets distracted because a big dinosaur attacks, and the kid gets distracted because Barney the dinosaur's on TV. Oh my god, poetry in motion. Just so many layers. (laughs) So many layers. Yeah, Chekhov's Dinosaur Man as well, because at the start of the movie, we see the child called him Dinosaur Man. And so Alan says, it's me, the Dinosaur Man. (laughs) Very layered. It's a very layered scene, very in-depth. Yeah, and then uh, Nick Fury comes at the end to get Dinosaur Man to join the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alan fires a flare because the boat oil leaking. That's all I... <laughs> yeah, what? It makes Wait. sense. So he fires a flare and then the and then the river catches fire. Wow, what a description of this heavy, heavy action scene. The boat, the oil, the fire, the 
China go toast toast. <laughs> bye bye. No, you're, you're mocking Sandro, but this is him reading directly from the script. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh sorry, the, the script is actually written in crayon. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why the uh, actors struggled so much; they couldn't read the crayon so well. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then there's the whole another fake out where um, William H Macy is like, "I'm, uh, I will distract the dinosaur, and then you can escape." And then he falls into to the water, but he's actually okay, uh, and they're fine. And I guess the Spinosaurus is dead from the flames. Just, but it, again, just like, why is this Spinosaurus so committed? I feel like any other animal at this point would just be like, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I'd literally just been lit on fire. I'm done here. But it's like, no, I've got, I've got a point to prove. I've got to show these humans who's boss. Maybe we taste delicious. I'm pretty sure it's the exact opposite. Oh. There's something in somewhere being like dinosaurs wouldn't actually eat humans because we taste gross. Is that like personal preference? Just like some paleontologist going like, I've tried human. It's overrated. <laughs> yeah. I don't think dinosaurs would be into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, As someone who's eaten a couple of people, not all it comes <laughs> up to me. That's fair. I would say I've eaten a fair few people and I think they taste pretty good. So wow. I think that's what the dinosaurs are after. Yeah. I I had to eat the leg of a mercenary that I killed off. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're really bringing that back, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ran out of rations like three weeks ago. So yeah, you get, I've been on this island for a long time. I wasn't prepared for this podcast to have so much lore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this podcast has extensive lore. Except our podcast has lore the same way that like Rick and Morty has lore in that we only bring it up every like 10 episodes and it doesn't make any sense. And then we just move on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm Canadian, Zach, by the way. I'm from Canada. Oh, yeah. Original Zach left because we made fun of him during an episode. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm Canadian, Zach. <laughs> That's a part of the lore. Gar- guaranteed there's some hardcore fan out there be like, it's all bringing it back in this episode. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Just, it's all paying off. <laughs> it makes so much sense now. Threads are coming together. <laughs> so they think that they're in the clear, but the raptors show up and they're like, give us the eggs. And they don't immediately attack the people. So that's when we know, okay, this is the scene where we give you the eggs, raptors. Mm, yes, because the raptors once again have read the script, so they know that's what's happening. Yeah, and they take the eggs and they run off. The the, uh, the resonating chamber thing comes back to yeah. let them know that they're friendly or something. Yeah, Al- Alan uses the the voice, the 3D printed voice box to uh, do like a, a help call. Yeah. Which um, then the raptors are like, oh no, these humans have called for help. Let's get out of here. Instead of, I don't know, let's kill the humans that are making the help call so that no help comes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, if, if you check out the deleted scenes on the DVD, there is a moment of uh, Alan uh, doing a Duolingo Velociraptor course. Oh. Uh, which ma- makes, makes this scene make a lot more sense, and I think they should have kept Oh, right. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> but then halfway through the lesson, Duolingo tries to attack him, right? Because, you know, Duolingo's... Yeah, a- but he uses that uh, Chris Pratt hand thing to keep the... Oh, the- to keep it at bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. So then the Marines and the Navy show up and they take them away. And I wrote down, wait, that's it? That's the movie? <laughs> USA. That's just kind of end. USA. USA. Uh, and Billy's on uh, the helicopter and hands Alan the hat. Because the hat is a thing from the movies that people remember. So it comes back. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and then we see um, some, as everyone calls them, pterodactyls. <laughs> they're pterodactyls flying alongside uh, the helicopter. And they're like, oh, hey, where are they going? And Alan's like, oh, I don't know, maybe to roost somewhere else. Yeah, they're going somewhere. I sure hope it only takes one other movie before we get a movie about them on the rest of the world. It'd be a shame if we had to wait, you know, like a three more movies and for that movie to be about locusts. <laughs> it's very specific. But yeah. um, that's what he says. Yeah. And that is the entire film right there. Um, Anna, we rate movies uh, in a very binary sense. We've mm. got oldie and goodie, and that's it. Uh, what would you give this movie? Wait, wait so it, it can be one or the other? It can only be an oldie or a goodie, yes. Unless we decide it to be arbitrarily something else, which we can also do. So, so the entire title of your podcast is just a flat-out lie? Yep. Uh, yes. <laughs> because originally I wanted to call this podcast Oldie or a Goodie, which would have made more sense, but also is a worse title. Yeah. Right. But you kept the ratings. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a goodie. I'm, uh, I'm calling this one a goodie. A goodie? Yeah. I'll, I'll rate it a goodie. It's better than recent Jurassic Park films. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if you're both going to give it a goodie, I'll give this one an oldie, just because I think it's That's fair. not three goodie worthy, but, you know, it's better than, uh, the, the recent one, so that's, yeah. it's better than the majority of this franchise, surprisingly enough. It's a low hurdle. So, yeah, I'll give it an oldie, but it's a lot better than I remember it being, uh, Jurassic Park 3 right there. And the franchise did, of course, continue, um, it was stuck in development hell for a while, I think Spielberg was, like, getting people to write different scripts for a fourth movie, but kept throwing them out until he had some ideas of, like, okay, but Jurassic World. Mm. And then, uh, the writing duo that wrote the Planet of the Apes reboots... And uh, two years later, the movie made $1.6 billion. So, you know, it worked out in the end. Oh, God. I, I just, I still just find it so weird that everyone pretends like the Jurassic movies have, like, the copyright on dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Like, they're the only movies that can make, uh, that can put dinosaurs in them. And that, like, if we put dinosaurs somewhere else, it'd be, like, infringing copyright. I'm like, no one owns dinosaurs. Anyone could make a dinosaur movie. And they, they make heaps of money, so I don't know why other studios don't just also make dinosaur movies. Yeah. Well, just, you know, I just put a, a dinosaur scene in Doctor Strange. Yeah. You haven't got a, the dinosaur bit. universe when he's hopping around the multiverse. Show us the, the dimension where the Avengers are all dinosaurs. You don't need to get Robert Downey Jr. back for that. And you can still have Iron Man in. <laughs> the dinosaur does still have his um his beard, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. They're, they're, they're all just, like, raptors dressed up in, <laughs> in costume. Yeah, that's uh, true. There should be more dinosaur properties, is what we're saying. And by that, we don't mean properties owned by dinosaurs, because that's why there is a property problem in Australia. We mean... Mm, yeah, movies all the dinosaurs about- are buying up real estate, those bastards. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing I know about dinosaurs, is that they're all over negative gearing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. G'day, Kegel here from Aussie Rap Duro, Kegel and Greg. I write funny songs with my true blue bestie, Greg, who sounds a lot like Sandra from the podcast you're listening to right now. Coincidence? I think so. This episode of Oldie Butter Goodie is brought to you by a debut album, Keep Em Wondering, which is out right now. Here's a sneak preview of one of the songs. The dynamic duo from the suburb at Seaston. And to our day one fans, this is for you, that's why we're singing. Good day, good day, tell me how you, how you going today? Good day, good day, tell me how you, how you going today? Good day. Oh my goodness, that sounded so good. I'm going to have to go listen to Keep Em Wondering by Kegel and Greg on my favorite music streaming platform right now. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Bye. Sweet. All right. Well, let's jump on over to the crossover segment. This is where I get a random number generator to generate a number of an episode we've done. And then we're going to come up with a crossover between the Jurassic Park franchise and the movie we reviewed on that episode. I've got number 79. Ooh, 79. What episode was that? We mentioned the episode where Canada Zack became the main Zack. Mm. And it just so happens 79 is that episode. A crossover between the Tom Hanks movie Splash and the <laughs> Jurassic Park franchise. Anna, have you seen Splash? Yeah. Jura- Jurassic Splash. Jurassic Splash. You can make that work. Oh, well, they, um, she goes to the island to save the dinosaurs uh, in the middle of uh, Fallen Kingdom or whatever that one's called, because they all die, right? So she's like, I'm going to go save him, and then she swims out to the island. Mm. She's the only one that can reach them. And then he has to come and save her because she's going to get eaten by dinosaurs. Yeah, and Tom Hanks kidnaps... Uh, we've already brought the other two back to the island, so I guess it's got to be Laura Dern. <laughs> she's she's the only one who hasn't been there yet. Which is very smart on her her behalf. No one, no one would trick Laura Dern back to the island. No, true, actually. Mm. Just stealthily the MVP of the entire franchise, Laura Dern. Wait, wasn't... Tom Hanks turns into a mermaid at the end of that movie. Yeah, he has mermaid powers. That's going to be... That's going to be one of the key abilities that we utilise for the action scenes, right? Uh, oh, and then they clone Daryl Hannah. Oh, shit. They clone this it because is... they can do that now. Yeah. There, there's a new a new dinosaur that's half raptor, half raptor, <laughs> half mermaid. Half raptor, raptor. Which half? The fish half. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's just a raptor with, like, fish legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a, with a big tail. Jurassic Splash. Zach, let's do some reviews. It's time for rotten reviews. Uh, it's 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 the part of the show where I get reviews from the best website to ever exist, Rotten Tomatoes, and I tell you those reviews, but not just any old reviews, uh, because we all know that the critics are corporate shills. So I have to get them from the audience. Because the audience knows what it wants. Uh, and it apparently didn't want this. Oof. I'll tell you the review. And you guys have to guess the score. Yes. So the scores go between 0.5 and 5. Lovely. 
Uh, plus, Zach, you've written one of these reviews, and we've got to guess which one it is at the end. One of, one of these ones I've secretly uh, written. You wrote. And you guys ones. have to guess. But but the one you've written does have still a score attached to it. Yeah, it has a score. It looks like a regular review, um, but it's probably extra stupid. <laughs> right, well, hit me with it. Ethan, our first raptor, he says, My favourite part is when the Spinosaurus said it's Spino time and spined all over them. No. <laughs> I want to pick that already as the fake one. I feel like you're probably right. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm, uh, I'm going to guess it's a, a 1.5 review. 1.5. No, right. no, it's a joke review. It's going to be a five stars. Oh. You, don't, you don't joke like that, and then I'll give it a full five. Good point, good point. Thinking like a raptor. Because it does have an overall negative score, I will go for like two, but I think Anna's probably right on this one. Ah, uh, she is. It's five out of five. Uh, we have Michael. He says, Sam Neill makes this movie watchable. Sure, it's the weakest out of the original trilogy, but it sure beats Fallen Kingdom and Dominion. Okay. I'm going to guess that's uh, three and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'll go three. I'll go for that three. Ooh, you were close, Sandro, but it was actually 3.5. Another point there on the board. Oh, I am crushing this. Yeah, you got 100% so far. Maybe you can uh, jive with Jar, who says, (laughs) Almost everything in this abomination is a disgrace to the JP franchise. I presume he's uh, talking <laughs> about J.P. Morgan. This fr- oh, yeah, of course. This is the J.P. Morgan franchise, yeah. And that's uh, a, a Jordan Peterson stan. Oh, no. <laughs> Where are the lobsters? <laughs> so almost everything in this abomination is a disgrace to the J.P. Morgan franchise. Uh, worse in the franchise. And the fact that Dominion has a lower score than this dump Shows that people are just dumb. Ooh. Oh, that is savage there. Uh, it's not 0.5. That would be too obvious. Uh, I feel like this person probably gave it a one. I I, I can't argue with that. It feels like, it feels like a one star. Oh, you're both going one stars. Uh, well, it's 0.5. Oh. <laughs> they, were, they were rather negative about this. Yeah. Uh, but if we're playing by closest win rules, it means we both still get a you, point. You both get a point. <laughs> yes, that's true. You both still get a point. So well done, you two. I like how we introduce that we do uh, the closest wins rules whenever s- someone doesn't get it right. We don't say it at the start. We're like, but if we're playing by these rules, you still get a point. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I don't intend to change that. Now, we got a little segment oh, no. uh, of this thing. It's called My Review Score is Better Than Yours. It's where people put review scores in their rating, even though you can score something on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so this one is from Kerry, who says, Now... 3 out of 10, full stop, 90 out of 100, full stop. What? Slash, as a child, 9 out of 10, full stop, 99 out of 100. What? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't expect this segment to require so much math. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just stressful to play this game and have to think about (laughs) order of operations. And you're like, wait, am I doing the brackets first? All right, I'll let Sandro do it first so you can figure it out. Sandro, uh, what are you thinking? I mean, I feel like it's probably like 90 out of 100 is 4.5. Yeah. But I don't know if this person would add a 0.5 because that's, you know, math. Mm. And they don't know how math works. <laughs> so I'll say 4, point, 4 out of 5. 
Bold, bold statement. Uh, all right, Anna, have you uh, done the calculations? Have you figured this one out? I don't, I don't know how, how much to trust my gut instinct on this one, but my gut is telling me that they've given it five stars despite all the math. <laughs> you should always believe in yourself because it's 4.5 and you both get a point oh, anyway, yeah, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and then we have someone who didn't have a username. They say 2.5 out of 5.0. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> don't have to add the point zero there. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I again, I don't write these. Okay, sometimes I do, but but I don't write these. I just read them. Uh, I know this is a trap. I just don't know which way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's the clue. That's the that's the the rub there. You know, am I am I bluffing? I, I just I I I feel like the de- whatever the default option is, I feel like the default review would just have it as five stars. Mm. So I'm gonna go five stars again. I feel like they just haven't edited. They've not understood how the system works, and they've just put in the default. That's my theory. All right, but five out of five, I will guess three. Oh well, Sandro, you're the closest because it's two point five. Oh my goodness! I I brought too much criminal mind psychological profiling to this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you tried to psychoanalyze the, the, the just the simple answer. Charlie, the final review says, "You know what the series needed more than anything? A talking velociraptor." I agree. They should have brought that velociraptor back at some point. Yeah. As like a special one yeah. that bonds with the main character, Chris Pratt. Oh, I didn't mention, yeah, the because f- I hadn't watched this movie. Um, I had seen the meme, that scene first. Mm. And for like a couple years before I had actually watched the movie, I'd actually been like, okay, I'll go watch Jurassic Park 3. I thought there was just a talking raptor in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, not quite. You just, you want them to, to do the same thing they did with uh, Gremlins 2. Because it's <laughs> yes. absolute ham. And introduce all manner of crazy fucking dinosaurs and the brainy talking raptor and the bat raptor and the oh yeah <laughs> the brainy talking raptor would have been great oh yeah. I'd love that they combined it with like parrot DNA so they can talk now you know fifty percent parrot and and it can do New York New York just like the brainy gremlin did mm-hmm. uh, in Gremlins two. And uh, Robert Picardo shows up, and there's a Miss Piggy raptor, and they <laughs> they get together. Oh, they get a they get it on. Yeah, you know, classic Robert Picardo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will guess that one. I've forgotten what the review is, but I'm still gonna guess anyway. <laughs> it's a solid, let's say, uh, 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 three point five. Uh, I am going to say they have rated at 1.5, and I think they are wrong to do so. Oh, you were very close, actually. It was two out of five. Ooh. You're pretty much on the ball there. That does mean you get the point. Yeah, you're, you're the closest, so you get the point. So what are the scores now, Sandra? I am coming in last with three points. Anna, you were taking the win with a solid five points, uh, but you can make that a six by guessing which one Zach wrote. I still, I still think it's the first one. I'm. Mm. What, what was the first one again? Uh, my favorite part is when the Spinosaurus said it's Spino time and spined all over them. Yeah, that feels like you, buddy. I hate to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sandro, what do you think? Look, it is that one, uh, but for the sake of, uh, of a different answer, I'll say the one that was five, like, they rated it out of 5.0, just because you knew that would annoy me. That's- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. They, 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 five- they look, they put a point zero there, and I was thinking of doing something like that at some point, but, um... 
Uh, no, this time my one was obvious and it was the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like my Morbius memes? Can't deny them. Well, there we go. Uh, that is the episode right there. Anna, congratulations on winning. Because you won, you, of course, get to plug your stuff. If you lose, you don't. So it's a, it's a great privilege. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms at Anna Piper Scott. Uh, and if you are in Sydney or Melbourne, keep an eye out because later this year I'll be bringing my one-hour show, Such an Inspiration, to, to your cities to have a good time. That would be great. Make sure to keep an eye on that. It's a great show. Uh, and Anna is a great comedian. So definitely check her out whenever she's in your city. Links in the episode description, as well as links to all of our stuff. We're on all the socials as well. Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, if you use it. I don't know. Does anyone use Facebook? <laughs> Who knows at this point? No. Also, uh, to help out the show, big thank you to someone who reviewed us on iTunes. That's a great way to uh, get new ears on the podcast. Big shout out to Peepstakes, mm. who gave us five stars, saying, really scratching my itch for all the 2000s movies I watched in movie theaters to get away from my parents in high school. Wow. Yay! Oh, fantastic. That's, that's what we're here for, really, is for getting you away from your parents in high school. That's what we're here for. You you got the elusive 5.0 out of 5.0. <laughs> we did. Yeah, yeah. Well done. So on well it. done. <laughs> I just, uh, I think anyone writing a review should just write a review that says my favorite part was when Zach said it's Zacking time. <laughs> <laughs> and Zacked all over them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was my favorite part as well. All right. All the links in the episode description. Um, but now, Zach, you've got to pick next week's episode the movie that we do, and uh, Anna, we might get you to help out as well on making this decision, because this is a tough one. You've got a bunch of really solid movies next week, actually. Ooh, okay. All right. Your first option for films that came out next week in 2001 are Green Fingers, a British comedy about Ooh. prisoners growing a garden. Oh. Very wholesome, probably. Okay, yeah. You've got a Planet of the Apes, <laughs> not the classic film from back in the day, and not the good remake by the people that wrote Jurassic World. No, it's the Tim Burton film with Mark Wahlberg oh. uh, where apes rule the world in rebellions and the suits look slightly better, but it's a worse film. I don't know if I've seen that one. I've seen both the other ones, but not this one. Uh, you've also got Spirited Away, which is the Studio Ghibli classic anime film uh, about a young girl who has to free her parents who have been turned into pigs. Ah, fantastic film. And finally, Wet Hot American Summer, which is a parody of teen movies from the 80s, uh, and also one of my favourite comedies of all time. I love that movie. It's so silly. Mm. So those are your four options right there. Anna, what would you guess out of all those? I mean, you're going to hate Planet of the Apes, but you're going to have a lot of fun making fun of it afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. You know how this show works. You know how this show works. Ah, she psychoanalyzed us, Sandro. (laughs) She knows us through and through. No, no, no spoilers, but one of the dumbest twist endings of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, but Wet Hot American Summer, Zach, it's my favourite. I quote it all the time. You know, I... Oh, yeah, no, no, but that sounds like a good movie. Same reason why I don't pick it for Spirited Away, because I've seen that and that movie is fantastic. That is a great film. It's one of the best movies just ever. We can add it to Patreon. We'll add them to the Patreon list, I guess. But yeah, I'll do Planet of the Apes, absolutely. Okay, next week it's Marky Mark in the Planet of the Apes. Uh, But we do wrap the show up with the best quote from Jurassic Park 3. Anna, what's your favourite quote or line of dialogue from this movie just to wrap us up? Alan! (laughs) 
Wow, what a coincidence, because my favourite quote from the movie is also, Alan! Uh, well, my favourite quote was something different. It wasn't that. Um, oh, you know what? It's the mercenaries when they go... It's gotta be a walk in the park. It's gonna be a walk in the Lately park. Completely contradicting the tagline. Yeah, because the tagline says it's not a walk in the park. Uh, wow. Yeah, but the, the the military guy says it's gonna be a walk in the park. Oh my god. Yeah, but he, he hadn't he hadn't read the script like the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs>